Hey everybody, welcome to the Night of Adventure Podcast. I'm Dave Green, and on this episode, we have Robin Manning, aka Nice Girl Mean Legs. Robin takes us through her personal journey running during the COVID lockdown. Not only just that, but she she takes it to the next level. She goes from a 10K to a 100K and kind of walks us through that process and motivation for her. I think you'll find this presentation compelling. Um, it was recorded live at the Al Whittle Theater in Wolfville, Nova Scotia. So sit back and enjoy whatever it is you're doing out there. Don't forget to subscribe, follow along, leave a little review. I'd love to hear your feedback and what you think of these. Enjoy. This is really cool. Uh, my name is Robin Manning. Nice girl, mean legs. Uh, I'm gonna give you my version of a great adventure. We'll say, you know, kind of uh, shrunken for home use. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna talk to you about ultra running through the pandemic and uh, how the COVID-19 pandemic took me out of my comfort zone and uh, got some big miles in and went from a road runner to an ultra runner. Um, so I'm, I'm a local gal. I'm based out of Kentville here. Um, I am an endurance runner. I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I wear many hats. But um, yeah, so traditionally, I was a road runner. I got into running uh, eight and a half years ago when a friend of mine who was doing um, fundraising for the Blue Nose on behalf of the Heart and Stroke Foundation challenged me to do a 10K. And I had never run in my life. I had always been sporty, but I'm very competitive by nature. So I was like, challenge accepted. Trained on an indoor track all winter, went, ran this 10K at the Blue Nose. And as every runner who has ever ran a race will tell you, once you get that first runner's high, the next step is like, where do we go from here? What next? So I spent the next few years doing some half marathons and 10Ks, eventually worked my way up to doing my first full marathon. I had a goal to do, just wanted to get it done. I wanted it to cross it off the bucket list. I just wanted to be able to say I was the 1% of the world that's ran a marathon. I didn't care how long it took me. I just wanted to cover 42.2 kilometers. And uh, actually, I even have the tattoo crossing it off the bucket list right here on my wrist, done. I was, I swore, I practically crawled across the mat, one and done. Um, fast forward a couple years, I went back down to doing some half marathons, and in 2018, my mom fell ill and passed away within nine weeks. Obviously, a very emotional topic. And I kind of used running as a way to outrun my grief. And so I signed up for another marathon, I figured no better time than the present, and it was transformative for me to be able to do that. Um, however, enter the pandemic. So uh, early 2020, I was training for a marathon. I took on a coach, and I had plans to do a spring marathon, and we all know what happens come March 2020. And so we'd put all this work in. Halfway through this training cycle of trying to revisit my marathon dreams, and the world shuts down. So the question becomes, like, what do we do now? And I knew in the back of my mind, I wanted to see it through the goal. I'm very much someone that's like, once I put my mind to it, I'm all in, as you'll soon learn. <laughs> uh, so 
I thought, maybe I'll do a time trial. Maybe I'll just run 42.2 kilometers. What will I do? What will I do? And in the meantime, uh, this event comes up. As we all knew, virtual events started popping up all over the place. And this event called Ella's, uh, Ella's Backyard Ultra, which was a virtual event, came up. And this was put on by uh, Nova Scotia Trail Running. At the time, I wasn't really a trail runner. I dabbled. Um, and it wasn't really your traditional trail run or ultra either, because I think a lot of people, once you think ultra, which those of you who don't know means 50 kilometers or more, um, they associate that with trail. But um, because of the pandemic, there was obviously restrictions. So this event came up, which actually piqued my husband's interest and my friend's interest. And the whole idea of it was a last person standing style event. So Every hour on the hour, you run 6.7 kilometers until you can't run anymore. And my husband had this thought, maybe I'll try to run 100 kilometers. And for myself, I had a long run planned that weekend. I had to cover 34 kilometers as part of my marathon dreams. And I thought, I'll do at least that much with you and see what happens. So the rules of this event were that you had to run from your house. So 6.7 kilometers doesn't matter if you're on the top of a mountain, doesn't matter if you're on the bottom of the mountain. If you're participating, you have to do it at home. So it could even be on a treadmill if you wanted it to be. So we're fortunate enough to live on the Harvest Moon Trail in Kentville. So we have a beautiful trail system directly behind our house that's nice soft ground, pancake flat. So we set up the base camp at our house. And at, uh, I think it was 8 a.m., yep. So 8 a.m. came, we had to start running. And we had to follow all social distancing, COVID law, as you may say. And... Uh, yeah, so my plan and the plan was to do the minimum of five laps. Um, we just wanted to take it at an easy pace, try to hang in there, use the time in between each lap to sort of reset, fuel, roll out, stretch, whatever would make us feel good, like we could keep going all day. And I just wanted to keep Mike company on his quest to 100 kilometers. So logistics, we were like, okay, keep it interesting. We'll reverse directions, go opposite each loop. Um, and the thing with these type of events is there's kind of a sweet spot for how much time you want to try to give yourself in between each loop. Because if you give too much time or if you run too fast, you can cramp up. Or if you don't give enough time, there's not enough time to change into dry clothes, have something to eat, whatever it is that you needed. So we were trying to find what that sweet spot was to sustain us throughout the day. So the goal was to try to do it in 45 or 50 minutes per lap. And realistically, with this type of thing for 6.7 kilometers, a lot of people could pretty much walk that um, or walk with a little bit of a jog and still have a bit of time in between. So you can take it as fast or as slow as you really want. But the trick and the strategy with these type of events is to try to find what that sweet spot would be to make you sustain all day. So... This is our snack pile. <laughs> There's a little bit of everything there. The funny thing I learned, this was my first time trying something like this, so it was the first time experimenting with like what my body's going to like for fuel. But again, my goal was to do four laps, so it wasn't as big of a deal as what my, Mike might need to sustain for the entire day. So a lot of vegetable broth, coconut water, uh, flat cola is a big one with ultra running, which sounds a bit backwards, but the sugar and the caffeine's really good boost when you need it. Um, chips, believe it or not, you want the salt. Uh, so it's actually a pretty sick deal when it comes to the fueling involved. There's this shift that happens in your mind when the sun starts to set and your internal clock clicks. And I honestly, once Mike tapped, I was like, 
I didn't think I was going to do half this amount of mileage. Like, I'm kind of bored out here by myself. And there was like this point where I was like, Ugh, I, like I, felt, I felt good. But I was like, if I keep going, I think I need to go to 100K. So it's like, where's, the, where's that sweet spot? So it felt like a good place to stop. I didn't want to run for three more hours, even though I think I totally could have. But even more so than that, <laughs> Mike drove past me when I was out there by myself with a pizza and a case of beer on the passenger seat. And I was like, mm, this just isn't as fun as that looks. So called it a day. But my like absolute, I was like, got to do my long run mileage. Maybe I'll get 50K and like that would be cool. Absolute dream, perfect circumstances. I'll do 10 laps. And so I'd like blown that out of the water and just knew that my ego wasn't going to let me stop before 100 unless I stopped right there. So I went for the pizza and the beer. So that was ultra number one. And it was kind of like this huge moment for me because I'd had all these mental blocks in my previous events prior to that and with everything that happened to my mom. And I was like, okay, running can be fun and like the challenge can be fun rather than this like weird arbitrary time goal that I'd been putting on myself. So there's our final data for the day. There was uh, 120 participants, and we it was actually a fundraiser, so they raised $5,000 for Feed Nova Scotia. Yeah. So then, once you're an ultramarathoner, what else do you do but do ultramarathons? So then run, Trail Running Nova Scotia came with another event in August. Um, called Around the Lake, which was a 24-hour trail run, or run, and it was how much ground can you cover in 24 hours, and my friends Kyle and Ryan, who are here today with, with us all, uh, decided to do this with me. We used our house as base camp. This awesome sign was made by his kids, Harper and Layton, who are here too, and uh, the, yeah, the goal was to run as much as we can in 24 hours, like how much ground can you cover? So the rules were as long as you were moving on two feet, it counted, so you could be walking, you could be running. Um, it went from 9 p.m. to 9 p.m. over the course of the weekend. You can nap, rest, etc., but you can't pause your watch. And as soon as you save your activity on Strava, you're considered done for the day, which was very unfortunate because <laughs> I accidentally saved mine at 74K, but I actually covered 110 kilometers. So... <laughs> So that was a bit of a bummer, but, um, and you got to operate from one base camp. So we used our house as base camp. Um, this one was an interesting one because the first one was fun. Like I had no point of comparison, but starting at nine o'clock when your body is like, this is time to sleep. We were like first step out the door, so cranky. We're like, why do we do this? This is so stupid. Uh, made it till I think 3 a.m. And me and Kylie were like, let's take a two hour nap. We knew we had friends coming at daylight. Once they came, they would help carry us through. Ryan went all night, which was crazy. Some kooky characters come out in the middle of the night again, Phil, too. So <laughs> there was that. So this one. <laughs> uh, this is uh, the final data. We ended up, I ended up having another nap in the afternoon and a shower. Just ran my watch the whole time. Went out for a little walk after that. But this was... Uh, yeah, not <laughs> best, I, I'd say photo PB, but ultra not the best execution. Um, but Kyla came second overall. She ran 145 kilometers, so she's an animal. So after doing all these ultras, the interesting feedback that I get from people was like, what are you running for? 
what are you raising money for? We're like, oh, we're just running because we like running and my form of adventure is being outside and celebrating my health and getting fresh air and being away from my phone and just putting one foot in front of the other. It's very much a mental health thing for me. But once you get up to these big numbers, people start wondering, like, how can we help or how can we contribute? Like, you don't run 100 kilometers and not make it count for charity. So I had this idea brewing in my mind about maybe running from my house in Kentville to my dad's house in Windsor Junction, which is 103 kilometers. There's like old highway there. We could do a point to point. Because at this point, we've done these two events, but they weren't continuous running. We had breaks. Like I wanted to know how long it would take us to do that if we just kept going. So I was sitting on the idea, and it was coming up to the anniversary of my mom's passing. And I was talking to Kyla about it, and her mom has also passed away from cancer. And I said, what if we run to dad for the Terry Fox Foundation and see how much money we can raise? So <clears throat> the game was in place. Ryan also downed a clown with Ultratown, so he came with us. And our dear friend Paula, uh, who had never done anything like this before, it was her birthday was coming up. She was thinking maybe she'd run her mileage of her birthday, which was 40 seven. Uh, but then she was like, screw it, I'll do the whole thing. And my husband was like, I'm going to hang in as long as we can. And let's run to dad's. And so bit of a confusing name that we're raising money for mom, but we're running to dad. But it was never meant to be this big thing when I came up with the idea of it. But it just organically evolved into this big thing. So this is uh, the plan run from my home in Kentville to my childhood home for 103 kilometers, raise money for Terry Fox Foundation, and with the support of my team. Hi, I'm Dave Green, and I am the founder of Night of Adventure. Our mission is to explore the human spirit through storytelling. The Night of Adventure grant was created as a way to give back to our community. The grant supports grassroots, human-powered expeditions and adventure. Here are some words from one of our past recipients. And don't forget to get dreaming, start planning, and remember to apply to the Night of Adventure grant. Hey, this is R.C. Shaw. I wanted to put in a good word for the Night of Adventure grant. I was really happy to receive it, and I immediately spent it on two essential items for my adventure, one being a hammock tent and the other being a dry bag. So it helped me get the gear to put me on the road on my bike journey down the south shore all the way to Briar Island. I ended up writing that journey up as a book, and it will come out with Goose Lane in spring of 2024. So I'll be sure to shout out the Night of Adventure grant on the liner notes of my book, but for now, just wanted to say thanks again and keep up the great adventuring work. Peace. So this was, the, originally the route was to go to Windsor Junction, but because it's COVID, three days before the event, uh, they put in a restriction, and we weren't allowed to cross for uh, for uh, unnecessary travel. So this was not considered essential 
So we said, okay, pivot. We're all used to pivoting at this point during COVID. Let's run to Paula's house in Windsor and back. It'll be the exact same amount of mileage. So we went from my house in Kempville all along the trail to Gaspereau, or to Grand Pre, up through Gaspereau, Avonport, Hansport, Windsor. So quite a lot of climbing. So our plan was to start at 6 a.m. Uh, we we're going to have crew stops that were going to convoy alongside of us, trying to find somewhere around every 5K, we'd have a vehicle there with clothes or food, whatever we needed. Um, and then at the halfway point, we were going to take a 20-minute break to recharge before we came back, walk every single hill. We weren't going to run up any hills. You had to preserve your legs. That's like ultra running 101, even though I learned it on the third try. Um, and we did put a bit of a time frame. We were like, maybe we can do this in 12 hours. Okay, so uh, a lot of people asked me about like fuel and gear. So we had our crew vehicle there with like, I think we each had about two or three pairs of shoes. It was pretty misty to start it. We weren't really sure what the weather was gonna look like. We figured it was gonna be a wet day, so we had to have lots of spare clothes. Like one thing we really learned from doing the first ultra was how much those creature comforts really help boost your morale when you start to get mentally into a dark place and don't wanna do it anymore. So lots of extra clothes, lots of snacks. We, it was, it was raining the whole day. It was not, there were some points were better than others, but this is, uh, this photo of me and my husband on the left is a good example of just pouring rain, just literally dragging him up a hill. Um, but spirits were good. Like the weather sucked, but there was never, the coolest thing about this is there was never a single point the whole day of like, oh, are we going to make it? Or I don't want to do this. It was just like, we're, we're doing this. We have to do this. So this was at the halfway mark. Um, we had a 20 minute break here, which was like the greatest thing, but we had to make it quick because the longer you're staying around, the more lac lactic acid's going to build up in your legs and the harder it's going to get. So this was really cool because we got to walk a kilometer with all of our family, and my dad's there, and Kyla's dad's there, Paula's family's there. It's a pretty special moment. And uh, at this point, my husband did a couch to 50K that day, so he was calling it a day. <laughs> all the fuel. Uh, going back to my comment on junk food, I'm eating McDonald's french fries. Uh, it's actually, it goes against all logic of what you think is appropriate in this type of situation of what you should be eating, but your body just wants carbs that have no fiber so that you don't have GI issues, just salt, basically. So, And then uh, this is when we were pretty much at the 85K mark here, hopping back onto the Harvest Moon Trail. We sort of broke up into little individual pockets of runners at this point. Ryan was over it. Paula is a short distance runner, so the fact that she did this was just incredible, but her knees were fighting back. Kyla is, her body's calloused. She could do anything, but she was mentally over it. And I, I started doing 600 meters walk, or run 400 meters walking just to break it up into one, just run the mile you're in. Like, I just had to keep one mile at a time, one kilometer at a time. And then this is probably the best part of the whole day. Uh, this is the end of the trailhead where it meets my street. You can see that it's dark. So again, like we ran from dark to dark, which is like, as soon as that sunset, it's like, oh my God, we've literally been running all day. Um, and I got to the end of the trailhead and my dad for the first time in 40 years was laced up in sweatpants and sneakers. And he was gonna run the last kilometer with me, so. I, I forgot to mention, uh, I was really mentally not 
like vulnerability is not a, something I'm good at. So to share this story about my mom and put this out and ask people for money was like a really big challenge, probably a bigger challenge for me than actually running it. And so I waited until literally a week before the event, wrote this blurb on Instagram and on Facebook. And my goal was like, Paula had said to me, not a lot of, like everyone, most people have 10 bucks to give. You just got to ask for it. So I was like, okay, maybe we can get 10 bucks a kilometer. We'll, we'll put it that way. Like we can raise $1,000. And in 24 hours, we had $3,500, <laughs> um, which was pretty amazing. And at the end of the event that day, we had $5,300. And we actually finished it in 11 and a half hours. So 30 minutes faster than we expected. <laughs> and then even cooler, uh, after the Saltwire article came out, we ended up raising almost $6,600, so. Yeah. And yeah, so that's Run to Dad and uh, how I outran COVID. I've done a few events since then. I've done uh, one, uh, my first trail ultra last year. Um, and I did uh, California International Marathon. And I actually just got back three weeks ago from running my first Boston Marathon, so. Yeah.